It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. Hey, good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today I have Tom Campbell with me, and Tom is a physicist who I love having on the show, and we did a bunch of shows, then we had a little bit of a hiatus, and Tom's now back, and now we are going extra tech, and we're doing some videos, and Tom has done some videos lately that, you know, have been great um, with myself and Donna and uh, Marla and... I'm drawing a blank, and I know her name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just, just did one with Evita. Oh, Evita! Nice. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're playing around, and anyway, I love having Tom because he can take something that is so beyond my not beyond my grasp anymore, but something that I was really not. Um, geared towards. I, I'm not very much a science person, and Tom is able to bring science and, and physics and, I guess, more the um, spiritual aspects of that to to make sense. And that's why I love having Tom. So welcome to the show, Tom. Well, thank you very much, Lori. It's always fun for me to come here and talk with you. These are always good, uh, good uh, videos that we make. I think so. This will this will be great. I I'm excited about having this new format that uh, we'll share. Um, so today I thought we would look at the larger consciousness and how the largest con- larger consciousness helps us evolve. I know it's here to support us. I think sometimes we, you know, we kind of forget about it. We get caught up in our own little world. We get caught up in our ego. Um, but I. I want people to understand, and I know we've done a lot of shows on consciousness, but they've all been just audio. And so now we have the video aspect to it, and I think it will, you know, bring in more people. So let's kind of do a little bit of a recap, not a huge recap, but um, (laughs) this may feel like a little bit of a a do-over since we've been having some technical things that have been happening, but it's all new. And are we still in Mercury retrograde? Maybe that's part of the problem. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the larger consciousness as well as the individual consciousness okay. and how it sort of assists us. Okay, that is a it's a real good topic because if you are going to uh, develop yourself and move along this path of of um, you know we'll say uh, increasing the quality of your consciousness or spiritual growth or um, uh, evolving, you know, evolving your consciousness quality, however we want to say that. If, if you move along that path, one of the things 
you must do eventually is to create and to gain a personal relationship right. with the larger consciousness system. You see, that is a that's a connection. If you know, eventually you'll end up doing that, where you and the larger consciousness system, you know, work together as a team, if you will. You know, there's a there's a connection, and there's a lot of advantages once you get that connection and make it uh, kind of a stable and a, a fundamental and constant part of your life. And you know, so that's talking about how we in the larger consciousness, you know, larger conscious system actually interact and connect with each other. And, you know, what does that mean to us? What do we get out of that? You know, and what does the larger conscious system get out of that? These are all some pretty significant uh, things to talk about because if you progress down this path enough, you will, you know, you will have a connection, a personal connection with the larger consciousness system. And if you don't, and if you can't make that connection, then you will be very limited into just how far you can go, you know, uh, how much you can develop. It's, it's, a it's, a, it's a limitation. You know, there, I was teaching a uh, kind of how to, how to meditate, how to communicate, uh, how to uh, connect with this larger consciousness mm -hmm. system. And when I was doing that, this was a TMI uh, a few months back, and one of the big problems that many people had, and they were, they'd been doing this for years. These weren't newcomers. These were people who had been um, working in raising their, their consciousness quality and their spiritual growth for decades. But many of them were wrapped around technique and things that they had to do, you know, in order to get certain results and processes. They had... Uh, um, what should we call them, rituals that they had to go, go through. Things had to be a certain way. You know, maybe the room had to be quiet, or maybe it had to be dark, or maybe they had to have you know, this or that. They had all, a lot of things that were kind of trappings of their process that they'd kind of grown up with or learned with, and you take those away, and of course they couldn't, you know, nothing worked anymore because mm -hmm. that's what they were used to. So they had a lot of process involved in it, and they wanted to know, you know, how they could improve their processes. Well, of course, the answer to that is you can improve your process by getting rid of all that process. You really <laughs> don't need it. Right. It holds you back. It gets in the way and it becomes a limitation. Right. What you need is a personal relationship, a personal connection to the larger consciousness system. And then all the process disappears. It's not about technique. It's not about your meditation skills. It's not about practice so much. It's just about being and connection. And that was a big aha moment for many of the people in the class because they were pursuing, uh, what do I do, you see, to get this result? And it doesn't have anything to do with what you do. Your process, uh, your doing process is irrelevant. It's what do I have to be to get these results? How can I connect in a way to get these results? And many of them uh, then, once they got over this hurdle, would realize that the larger consciousness system became a partner. You know, it's a, you know, they were basically partnered with the larger consciousness system in their process of growing up. Well, it's so much easier to grow up in that state 
than it is one where you're trying to force it through your you know your uh, you know your methods your processes that you have your expectations to, here <laughs> yeah you're pushing it yeah, yeah. through your through, through what you do as opposed to who you are and what you are and that in that connection so anyway it is an important thing that uh, the more advanced you get in in working with this the more important i guess it comes otherwise you just get limited so let's just go back a little bit and, and kind of talk about how, you know, how we in the larger consciousness system are connected okay. and what does it have to do with us? What do we have to do with it? And, and what's, um, you know, how is it that uh, we can end up in this partnership that allows mm -hmm. for a much greater growth, a much greater uh, evolution of your, of your consciousness quality? Well, to begin with, the... Uh, the larger consciousness system is the fundamental thing. It's the fundamental reality. We are consciousness. And everything that we experience, we can say, is a product of consciousness, created by consciousness. Okay, and we can make that a little more reasonable um, with a little experiment. If you close your eyes and you close your ears, if you don't hear anything, see anything, smell anything, taste anything, if you cut off all your senses, all your sense data, then what would your reality be? It would be nothing. You would be kind of Descartes, uh, I am, you know. You would be a piece of, of uh, existence, a piece of consciousness, a piece of awareness floating in a black void would be all your reality would be. Okay, so what is our reality? It's information. It's data. It's all that sense data creates this reality for us. And the sense data is digital. We think of it as analog, but it's really digital. It's little uh, pulses of electrical charge that your retina, you know, when it gets the light, the light goes through the lens, hits the retina, the retina creates electrical charge, and that electrical charge runs down to your nervous system, ends up modifying neurons and patterns of neurons, and all of that is is discrete. It's discrete electrical charges, it's discrete neurons, anything that is discrete we call digital. It's just another word for digital. It's broken down into little pieces. You know, the, the cells in your nervous system are little pieces. So that's why we call it a digital system. And it's all about information. So it's a digital information system. So that's what we, that's what we are. And the larger consciousness system is a digital information system. You see, so now maybe it'll make a little more sense as we talk about our reality in terms of information. That's what it is. Now we think that uh, we are. We tend to identify with our with our body, you know, and say, "Who are you?" Well, I am so and so. I'm you know I'm six feet tall. I'm 175 pounds. I'm a physicist, and we go through all of this stuff to identify ourselves. And it's all about our, our body and what we do, what our body does, and, and the connections our body has made. You know, it's, it's all very physical sort of things. But what we really are is consciousness. We're an individuated unit of consciousness, and we are playing a virtual reality game. We are receiving a data stream from this larger consciousness system, and this data stream defines all of our sense data. Okay, so our sense data is really just data. And it's data being computed by a computer 
And that is sent to us as consciousness, and we interpret it as this reality. So now we're very much like your Sims character. Our body is very much like your Sims character, or say the elf in World of Warcraft. That's our, our physical world is a virtual world. It's a virtual reality. And if you're playing Sims or playing World of Warcraft, you are the consciousness. You, the player, are the consciousness for your character. If you don't tell your character to move, it doesn't move. It just stands there and doesn't do anything. You, know, you tell your elf to run or jump or fight or whatever it does, it's because you give it the command to do that. You're the consciousness because you're making all the choices. Consciousness makes choices. That's what we do. We are, we are in this larger consciousness system. We're playing this, uh, this virtual reality game in order to make choices. And the reason that that is what we do is because we are here to evolve. There's a reason why we're playing this virtual reality game called physical reality, making choices. And that's because we are part of a larger consciousness system that needs to evolve. It's evolve or die, you see. If you're a, if you're a system, you either evolve or you de-evolve. Staying in the middle is not is not uh, long-term feasible. You can dither around in the middle for a while, but eventually you move to one side or the other. Eventually you either evolve and go forward or you de-evolve and go backwards. It's just the nature of the way, that's how things work. So in, if you're an information system, you evolve by lowering your entropy, that is creating more information. The lack of information is randomness, no order, random. Everything's just random. There is no order, no structure, nothing is put together. It's just random bits that mean nothing, no information. Now, if you give those bits order, you structure those bits, now you have information. It's not just randomness anymore. So as you, you can see that, that for this, this concept of entropy, where you have high entropy means you have high randomness. It's very, you know, it's a measure of disorder, so you have a lot of disorder. You have low entropy, it means you have less randomness. That means you've taken some of those bits and you've created information, you've created structure out of those bits. So a, an information system evolves by lowering its entropy, creating information out of randomness, you see? So that's what this larger conscious system has to do. If it doesn't keep working on evolving, it will de-evolve and those bits will become more and more random and eventually if they become all random, then the information system is dead. There is no information. It's just randomness. So this larger consciousness system, and if those of you who are inquisitive about, well, where did that larger consciousness system come from? Well, that's a long story that would take us several hours to go through. Uh, it's all very logical, and it's described elsewhere, and I guess we can talk about that uh, toward the end, but it's in books, <clears throat> it's in my YouTube videos, and there are, there are good logical you know, answers to that question as to where does it come from and what, what's its origins and so on, but we're just going to start with it is. You know, We're conscious, so we can assume that consciousness exists, and, uh, and then uh, I'm starting out now with kind of in the middle, if you will, of this process, saying it's this larger consciousness system is what's fundamental. We are pieces of it, 
you and I, we are pieces of consciousness, and we're engaged in a virtual reality game where we're playing a character, and our character, we call it our avatar, just like the elf or the Sims characters, your avatar. Our bodies are the avatar in this virtual reality game. And we work very much like the uh, virtual reality games. In a virtual reality game, the computer sends you a data stream. You take that data stream and you display it and interpret it to be the World of Warcraft or the Sims world. You interpret that data. It's just a lot of ones and zeros. It's pixels on a, you know, on a, uh, on a screen. Yeah. And all those little pixels, you know, there's, there's a couple of million of those pixels. And each pixel has a certain color and a certain intensity. And that's it. And you take all those little dots of light and you, in your mind, in your consciousness, you interpret that as that Sims world or that world of Warcraft world. You know? So your elf is running around in that world and there's trees and you know, critters and monsters and houses and other people and you communicate and you talk with each other. And, you know, so it's a, it's a multiplayer virtual reality. Well, that's what's going on with us. We are an individuated unit of consciousness. We receive a data stream, just like you, the consciousness playing the elf, receives a data stream. We interpret that data to be this virtual reality that we call our physical universe, you know, our life here on planet Earth. That's our virtual reality. And we're here to make choices. Okay. Now, the choices we want to make are choices that help ourselves, our piece of consciousness, plus the whole system, evolve, which means these are choices that are low entropy choices. Well, low entropy in a social system means love, caring, cooperation, helping each other. It's about other. You see, that is the, that's the low entropy um, interaction of a lot of indi individual units of consciousness. Individual units of consciousness are, are you know, we say like a bunch of people. Well, it's a bunch of consciousnesses, you see, that are interactive. What consciousness does, it's an information system that communicates. So we communicate. And if you have a bunch of individuals communicating with each other, then the optimal way for those bunches of consciousness to interact is with caring, it's, is with respect, is with helping each other. They can do more. They can learn more. They can build more. They can uh, create less entropy if that's how they relate to each other. If they relate to each other with fear, with no trust, with, um, you know, it's not about anybody else. You know, it's the hell with anybody else. It's all about me. You know, what about me and how do I get mine? Well, that is the, the kind of most suboptimal way that you can interact with other units of consciousness in order to lower entropy, in order to build, create, uh, you know, make more and more useful information. So now we are kind of creating this model now in our heads that uh, we are individuated units of consciousness. We have a mission to lower our entropy or grow spiritually. It's the same sort of thing to care about other, be focused on other rather than ourselves. And that's the love side. Uh, as opposed to uh, de-evolving to the fear side, which is all about self. Okay, so that's kind of the structure. This is the, the model, if you will, the theoretical structure that I'm trying to explain. Okay, now, what about the virtual reality? Why do we need the virtual reality? Well, if we were just a bunch of individuated units of consciousness sharing information, that would be like 
you know, we'll think of 10,000 people or 100,000 people in a big chat room. They all can share information, but that's it. That's all they are. They just can share information. Mm. Well, all right, what can you do with that? How can you learn? How can you, uh, how can you grow from that? What are your choices that you have? We'll see that the choices are very limited because there's really no traction. If you, if you put out some information, you really don't get much feedback on how that impacted others mm -hmm. or what others are going to do with that information. or what. Well, they could say something to you, but you don't know whether that's real or not. They could just be making that up. They could be playing you along. You know, They would have their own agenda. It's really hard to interact with other in this just passing messages back and forth. It's a very difficult thing to do. So we create, the system creates this virtual reality for us to go play in. So a lot of these inter individuated units of consciousness go log on to this virtual reality game that we're now going to call Humans on Earth. And each one of them picks an avatar, which is a body, and now they're interacting with each other. See, now there's traction. There's lots of choices. Every interaction causes you know, interactions with others. Everything you do is connected to other people. The way you feel, the way you, you know, the choices you make affect everyone else. And everybody else's choices affect you. And you can see what those effects are. The, the effects are, are immediate. And, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. So there's a lot of, of uh, constraints here that make it a much better place to learn than if you're just in a big chat room passing information back. So that's why the larger consciousness system would go to the trouble to create a virtual reality for individuated units of consciousness to interact in. So here we are interacting in virtual reality, and it's the fast track in evolution. We're, we're in the game that's the fast track to growing up, to evolving the quality of our consciousness, because here we are interacting. Now, um, you know, again, look look around. You know, read the newspaper. Uh, you know, turn on the TV. Uh, watch out your window. You know, talk to your neighbors, and you can see we're not doing all that well. But that's because we started from, you know, ground zero. We started with very high entropy consciousnesses. We started at the beginning, and we're trying to evolve, and we have been evolving over the last couple of million years that humans have been scurrying around on the planet. We have been evolving, and uh, we are much more evolved now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there. I have somebody who wants to say hi. <laughs> yes, I see, walking across the keyboard yes. there, playing a little tune. Uh -huh, uh -huh. A little worried that uh, that was going to, uh, yeah, <laughs> cut something off. Yeah, well, now, he or she. He yeah, well, he's happy now that he's, he in, he's in Mama's lap, right? And uh, everything will be okay now. Yeah, I sometimes get a, I have a cat also, and it sometimes jumps in my lap while I'm doing these uh, doing these talks. But right now, he's in another room. So. Yeah, well, I thought he was sleeping, but he got up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the that's the picture. That's the theory of of. Uh, you know, who we are, what we're doing, and how it is that we're doing it. Right. So we are consciousness, individuated units of consciousness. That's us. This body is our avatar. It's the person we're playing. Okay. It's the body, and the body then interacts with other avatar bodies, just like the elf interacts with other players. You know, players from all over the planet here 
or play World of Warcraft. So they're playing at all different times, you know, all different countries, all different places, but they're all in this World of Warcraft game and they are, you know, interacting with each other and with the, the computer characters and so on. That's the way it is with us. So we're all interacting with each other with these avatars because that gives us feedback to the results and the quality of our choices. Now, if your life is full of joy, full of happiness, full of, uh, you know, um, oh, satisfaction, you know, you just, life is just great, you know, if that's the way you feel, then you're doing well. The quality of your consciousness is high and you're doing very well as far as your spiritual growth, as far as your evolution of the quality of your consciousness. But if your life is full of struggle, if it's, if, uh, you know, it's full of anxiety, it's full of stress, you know, you get angry, you get upset, uh, you know, things aren't the way you want them, things aren't the way you need them, etc., then you have a long way to go. You have to grow up. You have to lower, you know, your entropy. And you are the way you are because of all the choices you have made up to this time. Well, the good news is, as consciousness, you're immortal. You don't die when your avatar dies. You know, you are consciousness. You continue to exist. And you pick another avatar and you get back in the game. Exactly the way you do in uh, World of Warcraft or in The Sims. If your character dies, then you get back in the game. You play another avatar. Or in the World of Warcraft, you revive your old avatar. You know, the, you, uh, you know your avatar gets reinstated. So that's the way it works here. Okay, so that's, that's the way we are. Now, what's this relationship between us and the larger consciousness system? Well, to begin with, we're a piece of that larger consciousness system. We're a chip off that old block. And we have the same fundamental potential that the system does because we're just a piece of it. We're an operative piece. We have free will to make choices. Okay. We are evolving. We are part of the larger conscious system's strategy to evolve, to continue to exist. And by putting us in this virtual reality, we're going to grow up faster because we've got the feedback. We've got, uh, we can see the results of, you know, what we're doing. Well, as I say, you know, you look around and you see the results of what we're doing. Not too good, but better than we did a thousand years ago, or three hundred years ago, or even a hundred years ago, we're better off now than we were as far as our quality of consciousness. Not just better off materially, that's irrelevant. We're better off uh, in our sense of being part of community, in a sense of, of caring about other. Uh, our world is shrinking. Now we're, we're in a, a global environment now with the Internet and our mm -hmm. connections to people and their connections to us all over the world. So we are growing and connecting with other in more ways and hopefully in more productive ways. So that's good. We are evolving, but we've got a long, long way to go. Now, all of us have fear components and all of us have love components. All of us have things that upset us, things that uh, make us angry or, or bother us, you know, and that's our fear and our ego, ego being a, 
a result of fear. And all of us also have people we care about other than ourselves. You see, so we're we're pieces. We, we are on both sides. But what we're trying to do here is grow up, which means get rid of that fear part, get rid of that anxiety and trouble and struggle part, get rid of that uh, it's all about me part, and grow that part where it's about other, where it's caring, where it's based on compassion and, and interest in others. So that's what we're doing. Now, if we are the larger consciousness's strategy to evolve, then the larger consciousness system has a, um, you, know, you know, cares about how, how it uh, works out. You know, it wants us to succeed. Our success is its success. We are a piece of it. It's us. We're it. You see? So as we fail, it fails. As we de-evolve, it's de-evolving because we're just little chunks of it. So as a, as a piece lowers its entropy or increases its quality, then the whole you know, increases its quality by that little, by that little bit and all the little bits add together, you know, to make it more evolved or, you know, less evolved. So we have this direct relationship with the larger consciousness system. We're a piece of it and we're important piece because we are its strategy for evolving, staying alive for, uh, you know, it's growth. It's changing. So that's why, you know, we eventually need to create this, this relationship with the larger consciousness system because that's really home for us. That's really where, you know, what we are, where we come from. That's, that's our core things. We are consciousness at the core. We're not a body. We're consciousness. The body is a data stream that we interpret to be this reality. So... That kind of sets the, the tone of how we connect. So now this larger consciousness system will go out of its way to help us succeed if we are paying attention and in a process of learning and growing up. Now, if we're in a process of not really caring, not understanding, we're in a process of, of grabbing as much as we can grab, you see, and, and then trying to figure out how can we hold on to it to get the things, you know, we want everything the way we want it. If it's all about us, then we're not part of the larger conscious system solution. We're part of its problem. You see, we're, we're not, uh, we're not then encouraged in that kind of behavior. We're kind of left alone to stew in our own, you know, sauce, which is usually a very uncomfortable, unhappy, miserable, uh, you know, not very nice place to be. And we just hang out there until we finally get it and move on to a, you know, a, a better, a better way of being. We find a better way of being. So it's a, you know, it's a, uh, you know, what cut and try. It's an experiment and see how that works. And again, if your if your life is full of joy and happiness and satisfaction, then it's working well. But if you're, if it isn't, then you need to look around and say, well, what, what needs to change? And the answer to what needs to change is always you. You are the only person you can change. So what needs to change is you. And what we tend to do is we point our finger out to everybody else and everything else and say, that's what needs to change. I'd just be really happy if, you know, if so-and-so would do this and somebody else would do that. If my children, you know, were well-behaved and, 
you know, as my spouse did, you know, whatever I'd like them to do and be. If we could just fix the rest of the world, then we'd be really happy. But it doesn't work that way, you see. It just doesn't work that way. Even if you could fix the rest of the world, you wouldn't be happy. You'd think you would be. you think, oh, well, if I just had that, it would be great. But it doesn't work that way. And if you think back about your life, you probably had these, these times when it was just this one thing that was just was really annoying and causing you all the trouble. And if you just fixed that, and that actually did fix, or it went away. And did it fix your life? No. You say, it, you just thought it would, but it doesn't. Because as soon as that struggle's gone, another struggle starts. It's one struggle after the next, after the next. And if you solve one, another is there to take its place. And so that will be forever. There will always be another one there to take its place because you are in a mode of struggling. You're in a mode of trying to change the outside world to suit you, which means it's all about you. I need everything else to suit me, to make me happy. Well, that will never make you happy. What makes you happy is when you change yourself and become more caring. It's about other. You let go of that ego. You let go of that uh, uh, fear. Then you become a happy person. So see, this is a schoolhouse. And if you learn your lessons and you do well, well, you feel really great. You're a happy camper. Uh, life is wonderful. And guess what? You can learn even faster now. You learn more. So the more you learn, the easier it is to learn more. And the less you learn, you see, the easier it is to, you know, <laughs> to learn less, right? So that's the way it is. What a, what a great schoolhouse. You know, it's, uh, it's, that's how they train rats to go through mazes, right? Uh, the rat does it wrong, it gets a shock. The rat does it right, it gets some cheese. So that's the way you train a critter. And, you know, we're critters, and that's the way we're being trained. We're in this virtual reality, and if we get it right, things are good. We get it wrong, we struggle, and we struggle. So here we are in the, in the maze called, you know, virtual reality, earth, you know, physical universe, and we need to learn how to get it right and get through the maze, you know, and avoid the shocks. And that's kind of why we're here. And as we grow up, as we succeed, the whole system succeeds. So the system wants us to succeed, you see. But you have to cooperate with the system to succeed. So if you're trying to train that rat to go through a maze and the rat just keeps getting shocked, and the more it gets shocked, the angrier it gets, and the more it goes back to that same place where it gets shocked, and it's like it's in a war with the shocking system. And it, you know, if, as long as it's not really trying to change things and say, well, what else could I do besides run into this thing that shocks me? You know, what else might I do? What are my other choices here? How can I be otherwise than the way I'm being? Unless the rat asks that question, the rat makes no progress. The rat has to be wise enough to say, this isn't working. What else can I try and see how that works better? And then you try that. And if you still get shocked and you say, well, let me try something else. And what you'll find is what's, what stops shocking you, what works, is that when you start getting rid of the fear and the ego and the beliefs and start caring about other that's the kind of maze we're in, and that's what it takes to get through this maze, 
and to be, you know, a happy person, full of joy, you know, connected, um, a whole person rather than struggling. But you have to want to do it. You have to have the, the will to do it. So one of the first things that you can do is to make a, get a personal connection to this larger consciousness system because it will help you. It wants you to succeed and will help you. It'll give you hints. When you get to the turn in the maze where you could go left or right, it'll give you that hint. You'll call it intuition, but you'll just get this feeling that to go right is the right way to go. To go left, then I don't think so. And then you follow that intuition, you see, and you'll find that intuition will help you. Well, most of us, we don't uh, pay any attention to our intuition. We don't believe that intuition because that intuition, more than not, is not a clear, open connection to the larger conscious system. It's a connection directly to our fear and our ego, you see. And it's our ego is now the intuition. The ego says, well... You know, you need to do this or you need to do that. That's how you get ahead. Uh, and it's based on your fear and other things. So you have to change that. One of the ways you change that is you learn to meditate. That's why meditation seems to be the start point for everybody who's on a spiritual, you know, journey. They all learn to meditate. Well, why? What's so special about meditation? And what's so spiritual about meditation? Well, it lets you get in touch with yourself. It lets you... Get to know your own consciousness in a way that you become more self-aware. And as you become more self-aware, you begin to, to be able to separate things like fear, ego, from other things like your intuition and your connection to the larger consciousness system. You begin to be able to separate those a little bit. and You can tell one from the other. You see, now that starts you down this path, and the further you go, the easier it is to get further yet. So that's kind of, you know, the bigger picture of what we're talking about here. This system, this larger kind of system will help you. It not only will give you information through your intuition. If there's something you really need, if there's some information you're missing, if there's a concept that, that you haven't gotten yet, it will lay that at your feet. It will nudge you to that concept. The books will jump off the bookshelf and, you know, you know you'll, you'll be You'll be drawn to a particular book, maybe, or a particular article, a particular person, because there's something in there for you to, to learn, some connection. You will have challenges that, uh, that help you understand things, because, again, we learn through experience. You only learn through experience. If it's not your experience, it's not your truth. You, you only learn through experience. So experiences will come to you that will help you learn, but if you're not paying attention and you're not trying to learn, then mostly it's just lost on you. You know, it just goes in one ear and out the other, or you reject it, or, you know, you don't pay any attention because you're not paying attention. You're not trying to learn. You don't have any, you know, you're not focused on growing up. You're focused on how do I get things the way I want them? How do I get people to act the way I want them? So you're focused on your fear. You're focused on your ego. And as long as you're focused on that, well, now you're not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, then the larger consciousness system can't really help you very much because you're not paying attention. So you see, so you have to pay attention in order to get the help. So it's one of those things you just have to start out doing. And meditation is a good way to start. So you start 
to learn who am I? Who am I inside? Who am I at the core? You get to let go of that being level that you're always what you're thinking, you know, that you are your brain, you are your intellect. Well, that's not so. You have a being level, who you are at the core. Who are you really inside? Not what you think you are, not who you'd like to be, not the character that you're pretending to be, not your image, not, you know, not all the roles that you are. You're in the mother role, the daughter role, you know, the father role, the brother sister role, you know, the happy homemaker role, the, you know, whatever. On and on. You play all these roles and they begin then to define our life. But we're none of those roles. We are something deeper besides all those, what we call them last time, stories. You know, we have all these, these stories that define us. And uh, we're, we are not the story, you see. We're the person in the story that makes choices. And when you meditate, you begin to get to be introduced to that being level, to that person that is at the core. Because in that meditation state, you let go of all of the rest of it. You let go of all the noise and the chatter. You let go of all the roles. You just exist as a fundamental individual piece of consciousness. And that's why that's why, how everybody starts. You know, whether you're in the Eastern, you know, right. Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, anything else, that's where it all starts. And even if you don't call it meditation, if it's just quiet time where you kind of let things go and you, you, you know, turn inward or you be by yourself or it's your thinking time or your, your quiet place where you go to relax, whatever it is, that's the same thing. You know, when I talk about meditation, it doesn't have to be formal meditation, but it's some sort of letting go of all the stories, letting go of all the stuff and all the needs and the I wants and all the problems, all the struggles. When you let that go, what's left? Who are you? You see, and that's what these quiet times or meditations or, you know, listening to music, however you want to do it. That's how that that works. And you need to do that enough that you get acquainted with your being level. Who are you? And when you are, often you'll find things that aren't too pleasant. You'll find things about yourself that, uh, you, you know, don't make you feel good because you begin to realize how much you're driven by your fear, by your ego. And those can be very disconcerting things. And some people will feel very frightened when they meditate because they feel like if they let go of all that stuff, well, if they let go of their story, now who would they be? Right. What would they be if they didn't have the story? You know, if I'm not the mother, daughter, father, lover, you know, you know, homemaker, if I'm not all these things, then who am I? And that's so scary that they stop and they don't do it anymore because of their fear. You see, they have... Mm -hmm. The fear basically wins that battle. Because of their fear, they can't progress. The fear holds them back. So you have to have courage and you have to want to do it. Those are the, those are the key things. And then you have to pursue it and uh, keep working at it. It's not quick. And you will try very hard not to, uh, <laughs> not to face your fears. You will do you know, dodge them and duck them and deny them and do everything else to not deal directly with your fear. And that's what your ego does. It, it, it's a buffer between you and your fear. Hmm. So um, that's kind of where most of us are. But if you are dogged in your pursuit of higher quality, you will get there. You know, it, all it takes is the will to do it. 
an honest will to do it. And that doesn't mean act like you're doing it or, you know, pretend that you want to do it because that's makes you feel better. Oh, I'm a good person. You know, I'm going to grow up and become, you know, more love-like and less self-centered. And that sounds good. So you, you know, you sit down and you, you meditate or you do whatever, but you're not genuinely really interested in changing because that's too frightening. See, that won't work. You have to really do it. You have to really change yourself. And when you change at the being level, you're a different person. You're no longer the same person anymore. When you change at the intellectual level, well, that's just different information. Now you have different, different viewpoints. Different way of looking at things, but you're still the same person. When you change at the being level, you are a different person altogether. And when you are a different person, you interpret that data differently. You interpret your world differently, and suddenly your world is a different world. You see, right. you live in a you live in a different world when you change yourself, because that world is your interpretation of the data. And as you change, your interpretation will change, and your world will get nicer and nicer and more pleasant too. Just because you're growing up inside, it changes your world as well as it changes you. Okay, well, that's been a long, a long uh, dialogue here. I guess I need to be quiet and let you get a word in to steer, steer this, this boat that's kind of uh, without a rudder. Well, okay, so it, came, it brought up a few thoughts that I'd like to talk about. Um, I mean... There is so much fear, and I know that that seems to be in the collective unconscious. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's part of the larger consciousness, but they're not really separate, are they? Like they're, I mean, I don't believe that there's some evil doing something to us, but at the same time, I mean, we seem to be more... Um, we're we're better able to be controlled and manipulated through fear than we are if we're you know in a in a good place and and so it does appear that there are things that sort of happen um that are part of our ability to make better choices and then so i mean it, you kind of see them almost as two separate things like there's the the higher consciousness that's not just of this world, but we are certainly connected more rapidly or directly into this world part of it. And we can make connections to, you know, certainly other worlds and different dimensions. And we can do all of that stuff. And that can help us maybe see from a different perspective and maybe see that, you know, things are not quite as bad as we think they are because there's so much fear around in this world like there's so much going on that that we can get really caught up and lower our entropy or raise our entropy not lower it that it's almost like it's an individual choice to you know to choose not to partake to choose not to um get involved in the things like I don't watch the news I, I haven't done that for years and years and I try and tell people not to do that because it, it can really suck you in and get you caught up in something that 
in a lot of cases just isn't real. Like it's, it's kind of manipulated to make it look worse than it is. So in some senses, it's almost like there's this test where, you know, do you really want to lower your entropy or do you want to, you know, do you want to de-evolve and go into a higher entropy? And I don't, I don't know how that impacts us or how that, how we can sort of, um, maneuver ourselves into it. I think, you know, not watching the news and, but it's, it's there, like it's such a prevalent part of society at times, like just even talking to friends, like they can sometimes go off into this, you know, into this fear thing. And you're like, Oh, please. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. thoughts. Okay. Well, the way what's happening there is there's two, two main things going on. One is that as consciousness, we're all netted. We're all connected to each other. Every consciousness is connected to every other consciousness. Um, That's just the nature of consciousness. We are, as consciousness, we are uh, uh, information systems too. And we are all, you know, we're all part of the same larger conscious system. Therefore, we all can communicate. We're all netted. Now, what that means is that when you get a bunch of people together, that that netted, con, you know, that netted construct of all those people together becomes kind of like a group mind, if you will. Uh, we call that a mob consciousness. If we get a bunch of people together who are who are angry and upset and you know looking for vengeance or something, then we call that mob consciousness. And what we know is that a mob will act worse than any individual in that mob would act on their own. As a collective, they're a, they are a, you know, a higher entropy group as a collective than they are if you pick each individual out. They do more terrible things as that group. That's because they're pulling each other down in that, in that direction. So we have that. Uh, we have that in any group. If you have a group of people who work together and they're all in uh, IBM. They all work for IBM. Well, there's a cultural right. mindset right. just in IBM. And just by going to work there, you begin to, you know, you're a member of that and you begin to be influenced by that mindset, that view of the world that you get as being a member of IBM. Or if you work at General Motors, it's the same way. Or if you are a member of the United States or a member of some other country. It works the same way. You, there's a, if you identify yourself with a group, then you also connect into kind of the group mind of that group and are influenced by it. Now, it works on the positive side as well. If you're around a bunch of people who are loving and caring and, and you know, high quality, it, it pulls you up. Right. And it makes you feel better. You're playing a little tune there. Uh, it, mm, I got to find a way to, it's a new computer, find a way to turn off all my notifications. I thought I'd done that. Oh, every okay. once I, things come up, I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so we get pulled up if we're in a positive group. It works the same way. So whatever group you're in, whatever group you identify, once you identify yourself as a part of that group, then you begin to interact with this, you know, with the group through your consciousness. And this is not, you know, actually, you know, it's not language and it's not body language. It's through consciousness. 
So any group has its own kind of group quality, if you will. And you can go and work at IBM, but feel like you're an outsider and don't belong. And then you won't be affected by that. Or you can be in Western culture and not feel like you really are part of Western culture. And you can be in that group and not be affected because now you're not connected to that. You get connected according to your intent. So once you say, oh, I'm a member of this, you know, and you kind of, that's, that's the way you log on, if you will. That's the way you join it is just by feeling like intending that you're a part of it. Once you're a part of it, then you are affected by the whole. So now we have this state where we have 99.99% of all the humans on the earth are full of fear and ego, right? right? Well, now they create a lot of fear and ego as far as the, the group mind that goes with that. Now, uh, C.G., I think it was C.G., Carl Jung, he talked about archetypes. And he had archetypes within various organizational levels of people. So there was the human archetypes, and then there was maybe national archetypes, and then maybe there's, like I say, IBM archetypes, or General Motors archetypes, or whatever. Um, you know, that's, that's where these archetypes come from. They're basically our, um, uh, what do we call that? I guess group mind. And media, because of the way it is, um, sensationalism sells. So it's still based on a greed mentality right. where, you know, the more fear, the more sensationalism, the more people will connect into. And unfortunately, that is the case. <laughs> right. I mean, and it really that, is. that creates our kind of our group mind, our attitude. Right. So if we are mostly fearful, then we've got this kind of fearful energy that's just around and everybody kind of partakes of that everybody feels a little more edgy because they're in this yeah. kind of fearful energy field you see now when you grow up you got to let that fear go so you have to outgrow all that right. so it's not like you really start at a place that's neutral you start at the bottom of the barrel here with all this fear and you have to outgrow it now the other thing you've got going on that, that's the one thing is kind of the connectedness we get with consciousness that helps the um, something we have to kind of climb out of, if you will, because it's constantly pulling this back. So here you are trying to be nice, trying to be kind and thinking about other, and you think about other and try to be helpful. And what happens is they slap you and tell you to get away and something like this. And now you're kind of deflated. You see, well, you have to, yeah. you have to realize that you have to grow up and it ha can't be dependent on what anybody else does. Mm -hmm. It has to be you growing yourself up. It's not that, well, they're like that, so I can be that way too. You know, that's not going to help. So what happens is now we have people who realize that fear is the best way to control somebody. If someone's fearful, you can control that person. The more fearful they are, the easier it is to control them, and the more absolutely you control them. So that's why politicians would like to make you fearful. That's why people who, you know, want to change things, first what they want to do is make you fearful about that change so that they can manipulate you to agree with them. So we, you know, we look at the, uh, you know, we, we look at the, well, anything. You know, look at marketeers. You know, marketeers want to sell you something. They want your money. So the way they do that is creating fear. Oh, if you don't use this product, nobody will like you, you know, or if you use this, you'll look so much better. You know, people will like you better. And they show pictures of, 
some uh, some poor schmuck who gets told to go out and buy the beer, right? And if he doesn't buy, bring the beer that everybody loves, you know, everybody will think he's a you know he's a real loser. But if he brings in the right beer and everybody loves it, then he's he's the super guy, and you know all of the nice girls you know want to hug him, you know, it's that sort of thing. So we set up these images, and it's basically they're all fear-based. They play on people's fears. Well, you know, I want to be more likable, therefore I have to wear these clothes, I have to drink this beer, I have to say these things. And pretty soon, you don't even know what you are at the being level. You've got all of this stuff going on, you know, in your intellect, all these fears that you have to be this way, you can't be that way, and, and so on, that uh, you're living out of your head now. You're in the control of your fear and your ego, and you don't even know you have a being level and wouldn't have any idea how to change it. And now you are, as you mentioned before, now you're just a character in your own story. You see, you're, you're not really, you know, you're not really yourself. And you define yourself in terms of everything else. You define yourself in terms of, you know, like you say, your job, your age, your sex, your, you know, whatever, your relationships, your friends. You know, who are you? Oh, you know, I'm I'm a physicist and I work here and I'm this old. And, you know, you're defined by all this stuff and you're not defined by what's inside of you. You're not defined by your core and you don't even probably even know you have a core or what's in there. You see, so that's why we start with meditation. But anyway, the fear thing is everywhere. Marketeers want to make you fearful because that's how they can manipulate you to buy their products. Politicians want to make you fearful because that's how they can manipulate you to agree with them or vote for them or, or you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it's everybody uses fear. If you go into the Internet and look at all of these conspiracy theories, well, all they're about is fear. Oh, this terrible thing is going to happen. This awful stuff is happening. You're being manipulated. You're being this. You're being that. And if they can work somebody else up to be frightened, then, hey, they've got an advocate. You know, they've got a... They've got a, a member to their group, but they're not going to get any members to the group unless they can frighten people into being members. That's how you manipulate people. First you frighten them, and then you can manipulate them to do pretty much whatever you want. You know, that's why um, you know, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, some, what, 10 or 12 years ago, 15 years ago, we had these, uh, oh, we're on red, orange alert, you know, red alert, you know, it's really serious now people you know watch out and this was just going on constantly and constantly to keep the fear level stirred up because as long as there was a high fear level politicians could do whatever they wanted to because the people would would agree because they were so full of fear they were they could be led like children you see that's that's kind of the way fear works so here we are in this world where everybody who would like to manipulate us is trying to frighten us you know, we're trying to frighten our children. Oh, if you do that or if you hang out with those people, you know, you'll get into drugs and you'll, you know, you'll become, you know, a terrible person. And then, and then. so we're always trying to frighten people to be the way we want them to be. We control our children with fear. We control everything with fear. So we have a very fear-based culture and we use it as a tool and it's used as a tool on us. And we are very fearful people. And in the middle of all of this, where we are also connected with these um, you know, connections to all the other consciousness, all these other fearful people, we have to decide to let it go and grow up 
and not be fearful and get rid of our fears. And the good news is that as you do that, your life will get so much better and you will feel so much better that just the heavy weights of all this fear just start to drop off and you become a whole new person and you see everything in a new light and you become a happy camper. You, uh, you know, life is good. You feel satisfied. You know, things just work out for you. Now you and the larger conscious system is working as a team because you're awake, you're alert, you're paying attention. It can help you. It can give you not only information, but it can help put things together for you. So, you know, it's called synchronicity. So just the right kind of stuff happens for you at just the right time. And everything just kind of builds to you, you growing up and, and uh, increasing your quality. And you just get on a roll and it, it keeps on rolling. That's what you want to do. But you need to get there. You need to start the process. See, the, the hardest thing in this process is to get started, is to want to do it and actually get started. Because that takes a lot of oomph. That takes a lot of, of interest and dedication. But once you get started, oh, it's just, you know, it's just easy to make it go more and more and more. It's a, you know, it, it kind of goes of its own accord after that. But it's a, it's a tough start. Because we have all this fear surrounding us. Everybody's pulling at us. We're trying to manipulate everyone else, and they're all trying to manipulate us. And that's why, that's why it's hard to, to actually make any progress, you see, because we're in the stew of fear. And it just have to stop it. Yeah. And say, I want off. You know, let me off of this merry-go-round, right? It's not, you know, I've, I've been here. I've been struggling now for the last, whatever, 20, 30, 50, you know, 60 years of my life. And I'm still struggling. I still can't get things the way I want them. I still can't make people be the way I want them to be. It's because you're trying to manipulate rather than trying to change yourself and just be yourself and grow up and let everything else take care of itself. Wow. It's so true, though. I mean, we, we get so caught up and all we have to do is is make that choice that you want to yeah. get off, that you want, you want it. It's like time to grow up. It's like you know, and once you do, then then you can have the support. You can connect in more rapidly and more easily, and not have to do, you know, hours of meditation or you know you don't have. It's not that difficult. It's just that we get so caught up in, and you're right. Like we use fear, and so of course, fear's going to use us. Like you know, we're going to see it everywhere until we say enough. So wow, well I can't believe you know, how quickly this hour went. Love having you on the show. Looking forward to next month and we'll see what happens then. All Thanks. right. So you'll be with us pretty much the, it's the last uh, Tuesday of every month. You can get it yes. live and then it's usually produced by the, the audio will be produced by Friday, but the video, well, we'll see. Hopefully it'll get up soon as, as soon as I can. <laughs> All right. So take care. We'll see you next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.